Hi everyone, um, Amarnath Amarsingham uh, from the School of Religion at Queen's University. I'm here with Colin Clark uh, of the Sufan Group. Um, and we'll just be talking a bit today about his recent op-ed or his recent article in, on, in War on the Rocks with Molly Skolsberg, um, Skolskog, sorry, uh, about, about the kind of domestic um, terrorism strategy that the Biden administration um, is, is, is putting out there. Um, so, I mean, I guess the first question is, you, you know, we, we know from at least the Oklahoma City bombing that the FBI has been worried about domestic terrorism and has, has constantly been talking about it. So why do you think it took literally, you know, 27 years uh, for a strategy like this to come about? Well, I think, you know, we've been so focused in the United States, narrowly focused, in my opinion, on the threat posed by Salafi Jihadist groups like Al-Qaeda and ISIS. To a certain extent, it's understandable given the, the gravity of 9-11. Uh, but there was numerous indicators along the way, uh, attacks and foiled attacks that really pointed to this growing threat from far-right extremism. That, yeah. That's part of it. And I think, you know, we've ignored those warning signs um, because a lot of times in the United States, when an attack happens, Unless it's a Muslim, uh, the, there's a double standard. People say, oh, it's mental health or 15 other things. So that, that's an issue, I think, here in the States. Yeah. I mean, as soon as the strategy came out, I got uh, text messages from a few activist friends of mine in the U.S. Uh, and in Canada basically saying this kind of turning the, the beast that is the American national security apparatus inward um, will inevitably you know target activists legitimate activists and things like that and um that we should you know from a critical terrorism perspective we should be trying to shrink the national the land you know the the net of national security not expand it further and further um how, how do you how do you deal, respond to that i think it's a real concern um it's a genuine concern and i think it uh stresses the need for transparency here in the united states and after the last administration one could easily see Right. This isn't just in the abstract anymore. If President, uh, former President Donald Trump had those powers, uh, as he noted that he would do, he wanted to yeah. designate Antifa. He would have gone after Black Lives Matter. So you could easily see how uh, a politician, an unscrupulous politician, that may be redundant, uh, would, would wield this as a cudgel to go after domestic political enemies. So that's a real concern. Yeah, you just need you just need another Trump, possibly smarter version of Trump, to get um, to get things kind of moving in in that direction. I think. Um, I mean, the the other thing that people are, you know, people who study this stuff are worried about uh, or or discussing is um, the turn domestic. At, uh, it seems to be happening at the same time that a lot of these groups are becoming, you know, not groups, right? And so they're much more kind of nebulous movements now. Sometimes they're online only, uh, they exist online only. So, uh, I mean, do you think the, you know, do you think the timing just makes this difficult with, with the, the eclecticism that we now see on the far right? I think you're, you're absolutely right. We do see a, you know, a, a very eclectic landscape. Um, I think it's even beyond the far right. I mean, I, I look across the ideological spectrum and I see a far more diverse terrorist threat than I've seen in the past. Uh, in terms of timing, I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see. I know that that might sound like a cop-out. What I am concerned about is uh, repurposing the so-called global war on terrorism for the home front. I think we need to avoid that at all costs. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the points we try to make in the article is, you know, there will be some valuable lessons learned and best practices from the global war on terrorism, but most, you know, many, if not most principles won't apply. And we need to be really careful 
uh, about how we think about this, including the framing of it. This isn't a war on terrorism. This is holding people accountable for the crimes they commit, including terrorist crimes. All right. Um, so, our, you know, our, our, our mutual friend uh, Ari, Ari Perliger had a few threads this week, uh, Twitter threads this week, um, kind of drawing a, a, a firewall, if you will, between kind of the domestic scene and the internationalization of the far right, which many um, think tanks and, and writers are talking about. Um, and, and he cited this, you know, statistic that he has about 3,000 attacks that, that, that uh, his team is keeping track of and they don't include kind of foreign actors. Um, is, is there a problem, do you think, between, you know, how to, how to define international, especially now nowadays when you're seeing this eclecticism on the far right? Is it, um, does it, does it make sense to have this kind of domestic international split? It's making less and less sense. And I saw Ari's thread, and uh, obviously I respect him as a scholar. Uh, he's been studying this for a really long time, uh, but I, as many others did, you know, respectfully disagree with you know, his premise, which is that uh, there is this kind of, uh, you know, firewall between domestic and international. He's talking purely about attacks. He's not talking about propaganda, ideology, all the other components that we know go into making terrorism, you know, the, the nefarious threat that it is, recruiting, financing. There's so many other aspects beyond uh, involvement in an actual kinetic attack. So I think we need to uh, take a step back and look at the broader picture there. Yeah, I think generally kind of expanding the lens a little bit um, and seeing how you define international or transnationalization is, is, is going to be more important with these kinds of movements because sometimes um, it is simply kind of a convergence of ideas or even a convergence of who they consider to be the other. Um, so uh, we're going to run out of time here. So. Uh, Colin and Molly uh, Saltzkog's article is on their Twitter accounts, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you.